years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. And a great big good morning to you all on a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. We've just traveled a bit this past week, and uh, boy, when it comes to seeing interesting homes we sure saw them this past week didn't we we did a little bit older than the ones that live in arizona well i'll tell you one thing we did that i want to give you all a tip off to that uh if you're in the we we, jennifer and i traveled back to dc and we stayed with some friends who's who live in a a a a significant historic home that we're going to talk about in just a minute but they said if, if you've never toured the Washington monuments at night. We have to do that. And we've been to DC a dozen times, 15 times, maybe, I don't know, maybe about. And of course we've always toured the monuments, but we never did it by night. And And with a government shutdown besides. So it was empty. It was empty. It was really, we had the entire place to ourselves. The lights were still on. Thankfully there was no water features running which was part of the charm of some of the monuments. The FDR monument. Which was incredible. Yep. Large, large uh, monument with huge bronze of him and his little dog. Uh, Amazing art. But you stand at the Vietnam Memorial Wall and look up onto the grassy knoll Mm -hmm. with the three soldiers pointing to the wall and then walk around to the Korean monument with the soldiers all you feel like you're walking through the the war field right with them it's Mm -hmm. it is a spectacular experience we i could have stayed all night it was absolutely wonderful of course the washington monument i've always thought the prettiest i ever saw the washington Monument. it's a it's a beautiful monument but what was it 10 12 years ago when we went and it was all under repair they had scaffolding up the entire monument from from the bottom all the way to the top, and they lit that thing at night. And it, that, That's it, pretty it, impressive. <laughs> that was a pretty cool look. So if you haven't done it, uh, get to Washington, D.C., and do the monument tour by night. We're here to answer any question you might have about home improvement, home remodeling, home maintenance, home ownership. Our toll-free number is one 767 You give us a ring at that toll-free number. You let us know your name. Let us know uh, the general area of Arizona you're calling from and what your question might be, and we'll put our building and remodeling experience to work for you just as we have for the last 30 years here at Rosie on the House. So the home that we stayed in was a not it, – it's not a historic home because it's not an old home. It's a historic home because of the people – and a significant home to the community because of who's lived there. It was built in the 40s, 1940s, by an aide to Winston Churchill. And it's in Bethesda, Maryland. And it was bought by the Kennedy family, private family attorney, who lived in the house for decades. It's a contemporary house on a hillside. Right uh, off the golf course there. Right Country off Club. Congressional Golf Course. It's uh, a lot of glass, a lot of glass. It's a flat roof. Uh, it's contemporary, uh, but it's got a three-quarter basement that a fourth of that 
is an underground bomb shelter. With a little crank there for air? <laughs> that has a crank, crank on it to bring the air in. Now, what I can't remember uh, or I can't figure out is if you need to crawl into a bomb shelter, why would you want to crank air in? <laughs> hmm. Is there any kind of filter on that know. air hole? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But a really, really cool house uh, where we were in Bethesda for several days. And, and and then you go out to dinner, and I tell people, look, I don't want to go out to dinner any place except at an old historic establishment. So we we went out to dinner one night at Old Angler's Inn, which is right there on MacArthur Boulevard. It was built in 1860 and had a fabulous meal there by a, a real – we were right next to a real wood fireplace, a charming little old inn. Uh, just last night uh, – Two nights ago, we had dinner at the Elk Ridge Furnace Inn, which is uh, kind of in the Baltimore area. The building, the brick home, dates from 1744. The area was first explored by John Smith, of, of the founder of Jamestown, back in 1608. Um, the architecture was Federal Greek Revival. The inn's main structure, uh, built in 1744, was built as a tavern. Lady got later got expanded in 1810 to a manor home, all brick, 23 rooms, 12 fireplaces. The stairway is uh, tiger maple spindles, walnut caprile. The wood floors in the house are original, and they're constructed of longleaf pine, which is actually a hardwood pine, which is kind of tough. And it was just one and a half miles from the Baltimore Airport and Sheridan Hotel. It's charming. It really puts life in perspective when you're in a place where it dates back to 1600 and, and everything currently happening in, in politics and everything is, is right there in the same area as well. It just makes you see that your life is just a blip. You're on this little two-lane road winding through the woods. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then you stumble upon this place, the Elk Ridge Furnace Inn. Now, was I out of line when I went and talked to that young kid eating next to us? <laughs> That's, I don't know. So Jennifer and I are there celebrating our 40th wedding anniversary. There, another, the couple next to us were celebrating their 27th wedding anniversary, and the couple sitting right behind me were celebrating their first year anniversary. And they were the loudest in the entire room. Now, it was a little tiny room, and there were 1744-size rooms. There was uh, upstairs bedroom, yeah. right, right. So it's hard not to participate in everyone's conversation. And uh, so this young couple celebrating one-year anniversary – Starts running off a litany of four-letter words. And I, I just said, you know, I'm so happy for y'all's anniversary, but I'm not celebrating my anniversary listening to your potty mouth. <laughs> Would you please stop it? <laughs> That's not being out of line, is it? No, as long as you're kind doing it. Well, I, I, and usually I'm the one that picks up that stuff. I didn't even hear him. So Man. But the other couple seemed thankful you had said something. Yeah, then the other couple <laughs> kind of gave a little clap and applause, you know so. <laughs> Yeah, but it was a but a fabulous meal, uh, smoked duck soup, uh, the pate. Veal pate. I could have had a whole meal of just the pate. Mm-hmm. Um, you had crab cakes. Mm-hmm. I had a, a a veal. It, it was a fabulous meal. So, and and you're just y- y'all know me. You've been listening to the show long enough. You know my love of history. And I mean, it was just so humbling sitting there, eating in a bedroom. In a building that was built 274 years ago. We were in D.C. 
visiting with remodelers from all across the country. And my good friend Tom Mitchell from Boston and I got to talking and he says, yeah, I mean, the average age of the home we're remodeling is about 80 years old, but we've done many homes that are over 125, 150 years old. And we did a survey of the homes Rosie has remodeled in Phoenix. And of all the years we've done it, 40 plus years, the average age home is 13 years old. Well, I guess that's why we don't syndicate this programs <laughs> across the country. Don't know how to do those old, old homes. Do you start talking about those granite uh, um, foundations? Uh, you start talking about the oil-fired furnaces. You start talking about the um, window applications, the roof applications. Uh, it, it's it's exactly why we don't syndicate the show. I've, I've, I know Arizona. I know Arizona pretty darn well. But you start touring these old homes, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot to learn. Just had an excellent, excellent week. And then and then we got into a uh, conversation with a good friend who has retired, left the D.C. area, and bought a home on a piece of property in West Virginia. She can track the ownership of this property titled to the original owner, George Washington. <laughs> and I guess when he worked as a surveyor, he would survey a lot of property and he and his brother would claim the property. So this property in West Virginia was originally owned by George Washington. It's also a hillside, 60 acres, beautiful home, and she remodeled the main house. To do that, she had to pick up the subflooring inside the house. When she picked up the subflooring in the house, she realized what she was looking at was just relics upon relics upon relics that had been stored below the floor. And so she actually called in a university, Shepherd University? I think it was Shepherd University. And they came in and literally took three months Xing off areas of the floor and excavating it down two or three feet. And she ended up with cases and cases and cases of small baby dolls. And, you know, they could tell what area of the house had been used for what play area, kitchen area, disposal area, for what they were digging up and excavating through what at that time was just a wood floor. So, I mean, you go up and you touch buildings like that. You just kind of. You just kind of get this sense that this this is what the 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 mark you're leaving on history, and then you take a look at so much of the junk that's getting built today, and it almost makes you ashamed to be a part of the industry. So <laughs> that's why we're big believers in masonry, and uh, and and want to help y'all build and create and construct the kind of homes that'll be low maintenance and stand the test of time. And we've got some callers lining up, Pat and Bill. So we appreciate that. We're going to probably be taking a little break here in just a minute, and we'll get to y'all. We've got questions on garages and shower floors, and your question as well. There is an open line if you want to call in, one 767 We'll find out what it is you want to talk about, where in Arizona you live, and what we can do to put our 40 years of building and remodeling experience to work for you right here at Rosie on the House.
Welcome back to Rosie on the House. We have Pat calling from Tucson, Bill and Pete both calling from the Phoenix area, and an open line if you'd like to sneak in, one 767 4348 We get phone calls and emails all the time that during the broadcast, those of you trying to get in can only get a busy signal, so I like to try and give you a heads up as to when we have an open line, and we've got one right now, one 767 Let's go ahead and bring Pat into the conversation. Like I say, she's calling from Tucson. Good morning. Good morning, Pat. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, my garage door uh, is not working. Um, it, it opens up from the inside, you know, the inside button. But when Mounted I on the wall. It, the remote nor the pad on the outside will work. And the light does flicker on the remote, and the battery is fairly new. So that's kind of, do I, is there something that I can do, or do I have to hire somebody? Uh, can you tell me the brand? Craftsman. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm not real familiar with Craftsman, but are you comfortable climbing up on a four-foot ladder? Sure. Okay. Well, what you'll do is climb up to the garage door opener and um, make sure. Well, back there at the button on the wall, there, yes. there's a the, before you get on the ladder, there's an opportunity there for you to lock the opener and operator so that it won't let the remote control lift oh, the door. Oh, and I might have hit that at some time. Go. Are you are you where you can go to the garage? Yes. Okay. Let's walk into the garage together real quick, and let's take okay. a look at that wall button. Yeah. There's it, the top button is the one I normally use, and that's lit. And then there's two buttons underneath. And one should be to turn it on and off the light, and the other one should be to lock the okay. unit so that the remote control won't work. Okay. Now this is a twenty-year-old unit, just so you know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's going to help you. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever have you ever locked the unit before electronically? Never. Never? No. Okay. No. Uh, if you look at the two little buttons that are below or the uh-huh. bottom, does one does one have a little light bulb on it indicating that that's the, the light bulb? The only one that has a light bulb is the very very top, and that's the one I use to open up and close the door. Okay. I mean that's the one that's lit now. And what do the two bottom buttons have indicated on them? Nothing. It says Craftsman. <laughs> And then the the one in the middle says Craftsman, and the other one is absolutely blank. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Well, it sounds like to me, is there, a, is there a little door on that unit that can flip open of any kind? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And when that little door flips open, is there, an in, is there something in there that looks like a, a lock insignia or logo? Well, I don't, I'm not sure if it does open, to tell you the truth. Oh. Okay. It seems like I might be pulling it off the wall. Well, I tell you what, uh, you have a, a a cell phone that can take a picture of it? I do. Okay. Why don't you send me a picture of it, and then I'll tell you how to unlock it. You've already checked the batteries. I was going to have you, my, my first chain of thought was I was going to have you realign and reset the uh, code between oh, uh, the... Oh, oh uh, like on, on the, on the, uh, the ceiling. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think that's it. Something something has that wall unit in the locked position. And okay. you send me a picture and we'll take a look at it. Send the okay. picture to info. I, all right, I do I do I don't not I don't know if my if my uh, phone is capable, but if not, we'll we'll figure something out. 
We'll, we'll figure something out. Okay, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I tell you what, Pat, if, if uh, the, other, the other place you could call is A Authentic Garage Door in Tucson, and they could probably just talk you through it as well. Okay? They'll be, be because they see about a thousand more garage doors a year than I do. They'll, you'll be able to tell them, hey, this is a 20 year old craftsman. And then they'll be able to tell you, oh, well, here's where the lock button is. Make sure you're not locked. And we'll go from there. All right, before we get to the next call, Jennifer, you have some tickets to give away, right? I do. Suns tickets, February 4th. Uh, Sunday afternoon game. Yeah, Sunday afternoon. One o'clock in the afternoon. Against the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. And all you have to do is go to your Rosie on the House calendar, and you can find that on our website under Homeowner Resources. And on that January page somewhere, you will find the answer to this. Who was the first endorsed partner of Rosie on the House? So first person to call in. What company? Yes. What What company company? was the first endorser uh, that I endorsed? Uh, because when I started the radio show, I said I would never do that. Uh, and then I met this man after he in- insisted, the entire family insisted, met Clem, and uh, I couldn't not uh, talk about him and what a great guy he was and what a great operation he ran. So what was the name of Clem's operation? So call one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. First person to call in with the answer, we'll get it. Okay, one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. Who and you, and this is on the Rosie on the House calendar. Yes, on the website under Homeowner Resources. And we've distributed just about all ten thousand copies. So you're in competition with nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine other people to be the first caller to one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight. We've got Bill and Pete on the line. I'm going to ask you guys just to be patient here. We're going to have to break for bottom of the hour news and come back and talk to you all about cleaning up uh, shower floor grout. And uh, we've got um, looks like wall bead, corner bead popping off a wall. I'm going to have to hear a little bit more about that to determine if we've got a, a bad drywall that just didn't set the bead well or if we've got a little more of a deeper problem with a foundation problem. So We'll be talking to Bill and Pete and you at one 767 4348 I'll get a little CCR going here for y'all this morning. Looks like we got lots of homeowners up and working on things huh look at all these calls rosie on the house your happy place every saturday morning where we melt away your anxieties of home ownership repair and or maintenance we did get a winner to our son's ticket congratulations miss bev she knew that the first sponsor that ever reached out and asked for rosie on the house advertising was quality block the big red q local manufacturer of concrete block mr clem hellman was uh, the first guy I met. We had lots of people asking us, could they start advertising on the show? And I just kept saying, no, 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 no. And uh, we were three or four years into the show before uh, Clem just kind of walked in and says, well, how do you know unless you get to know me? And I got to know him, and Clem was a longtime supporter of the show, many, many, many years. God bless you, Clem. All right, let's get back to the phones. And I do see that we have uh, one of our listeners calling in and also giving some information for Pat down in Tucson 
on that garage door not working. Um, we're going to try and get in touch with her. He basically feels the real issue is the same as mine. Somehow she's inadvertently locked the unit from the wall-mounted button, and we've got to find that unlock button, push it, and hold it for a little while, and, and uh, you'll be back in business. So we've got Pat's number. We'll make sure she's in good shape and taken well care of. In the meantime, let's get to Bill in Peoria. We're going to go from Pat's garage to Bill's shower. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this beautiful morning? Well, I'm doing well and hope you are doing too. We are. We are. What's your okay, project today? Our, we have a, uh, a floor, a, a tiled shower with tiled in the floor also. And we're getting some discoloration on the grout. And my wife has used Clorox and other disinfectants to try to bleach it out uh, with the, without any success. Any recommendations? Um, let's see. Is it? And this is something y'all want to try and tackle yourself? Well, uh, if yeah, possibly, yes. Not yeah. necessarily, though. <laughs> okay. Well, well, Bill. One of the things you could do is get to a professional tile distributor like Arizona Tile. And and uh, ask them for the professional floor grout cleaner. Uh, now, once it's clean, uh, and and it, you may not be able to get all the discoloration out by cleaning it. And then at that point, what we do is then we do an epoxy sealer stain on top of it. That may or may not be more than you want to try and tackle yourself. But if, with the with the epoxy sealer in place. Uh, it makes a great permanent color, and it does a wonderful job of sealing it out. So those would be the two steps I would start. Start with the cleaner you can find at the professional tile contractor supply store. Okay. Do you have any uh, contractors that you would make, would recommend to uh, to actually do the job? You know, for uh, first class floor cleaning, you can find them at rosieonthehouse.com. Um, we we actually have your phone number. We could t- uh, call you with that particular phone number uh, and give it to you. But they do tile and grout cleaning as well, as well as resealing it and uh, uh-huh. cleaning it. Okay? okay. And who was that again? First class floor cleaning. Okay, first. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. We appreciate it. Thanks. It looks like uh, Jennifer First Class Green Cleaning. All right. Let's go to Pete, also calling from the Phoenix area. Good morning, Pete. How can we help you this morning? Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Um, we recently purchased a home. Uh, it was built in 1993. And I noticed on the, the back bedroom... The outside wall, and where it meets the other walls, um, it looks like that the previous owners put in like silicone and then painted over it. But they're separate; they're separated by a good half inch, three quarters of an inch, and that and that bedroom wall connects to the living room. And on the living room side, it's becoming disconnected too. But the other bedrooms in that seem fine. This is an outside wall. Yes. 
and then you have a perpendicular wall coming off that wall, and that appears to be separating from the outside wall. Yeah, the, 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 there's a, uh, a gap there that they like silicone over, and, and uh, now it's separating, and I can see that there's a, a decent-sized gap there. And, and Pete, I was, yes, sir? go ahead. And um, so my first concern was foundation because I do have a crack in the tile on that side of the house. So um, I used, um, they advertised on your show, they came out and looked and they said that my foundation was fine. Good. Um, so uh, it, it just kind of has me concerned a little bit. I, I But... Um, the way they build houses here are different from, I'm from out east, so the construction's different. Yeah, it is. Now, it, a half-inch gap is, is something to be concerned about, because that's more than just settling or, or, or shrinkage. If, if, if I walk in that room, am I going to see the crack starting at the floor and going up to the ceiling, and it's a half-inch the entire length of the height yeah. of the wall? Yes. And in the corner of the house too. Boy, that and and they've been out and taken a look at it, and they don't feel like you've got any foundation problem. Then I guess all we're going to be able to do. The, I understand the house was built in '93. When did y'all move in? Uh, about a year and a half ago. Okay, and you just noticed this when? Uh, maybe about six months or so ago it's it's just a spare bedroom so we don't really use it and okay. i was in there and, and noticed it okay when... well a lot of times what we'll do pete is we'll take a piece of masking tape and we'll we'll staple it to the wall spanning that crack and if it's still moving that tape is going to tear or you could measure it really, really close and watch it. But I think all you're going to be able to do at this point is watch it. The fact that we know that you've got a qualified person out there taking a look at the foundation, we've got to decide, is it still moving or is it just the way it's always been? So let's measure it now. Let's watch it for 90 days, and then we'll know better how to handle it from there, okay? Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Okay, man, we appreciate the call. All right. Let's see if we can uh, go to Robert, who's on hold. Robert, good morning. How can we help you here at Rosie on the House? Hey, this is a question, Rosie. Um, you you touched on a few weeks back about the APS rate case possibly being reheard. I, I think you said maybe the one of the former heads of the Corporation Commission found a way to get it reheard. Is that still happening? I have been out of town all week. I saw the week before where they had enough there there was a little known clause at the Arizona Corporation Commission that if a certain number of rate holders petitioned the Corporation Commission to hear a situation they had to rehear it okay so the commissioner Mr. Burns did the right thing and he said he petitioned the commission to rehear it they turned him down which was completely wrong i feel and so then there was a little-known clause, and it was actually a neighborhood activist uh, said, and I, they only had to have like 25 signatures to get it reheard by law. And I think, I think she collected hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. 
But, Robert, here's the trick. The Legally, you can give them 10,000 petitions from ratepayers that want the case reheard. And all they're bound to do is consider rehearing it. The commissioners could still decide not to rehear it. So that's the that's the irony of the whole situation. So and we and we've invited APS to come on and we've traded some emails and talked to them about it. And we're we, we will hopefully get APS on in the very near future. But Robert, that's the only update I have for you at this point. Have you experienced uh an unfavorable result from the rate increase? What have, what have you decided to do? Have you already moved to the new rate? Oh, he must he, he must have hung up. So, Because APS put you on a transition rate last August, and then you have to decide what permanent rate you're going to be on before May. And it all depends on how you buy energy and how you use energy. Let me just take a little minute here and cover this for all of you regular listeners who have been listening really, really well the last 10 years as I've taught you how to super cool your house, where in the middle of the summer, you're going to keep the demand at your home very, very low by letting your house go to sleep from noon to 7. And then you're going to ask your house to cool down really, really cool over the course of the night. And when it comes around to noon the next day, your house is cool enough inside so it doesn't need air conditioning the whole time that power is being consumed or delivered on peak. So we try and get people to take their off-peak consumption and make it about 80 to 85% of the total power consumed. And if you can do that and keep your demand low, I, I historically at my home will have about 90 to 92% of the power bought off-peak. And I can keep my demand below a four or five in the middle of the summer. So I'm paying about eight cents a kilowatt for power. Most of you are probably paying something in the neighborhood of 13, 14, or 15. My power bill is almost half what someone under the normal regular standard rate is. So we've taught thousands of people how to do this. What you all must know is all the rules have changed. And you if if you do that, there's a chance that you go to the wrong rate, that you could be doubling your energy bill this coming summer. It would be a huge shocker. As a matter of fact, I kind of softly predict that if the Corporation Commission won't rehear now, when this full rate goes into effect in May, I'm predicting there's going to be a mild uproar about July when everybody has the rate for a full month in June, I know there'll be an uproar from those that have perfected the art of supercooling. One, on peak power now goes to 8 p.m. So you can't turn on your oven. uh, You can't turn your air conditioner on. You can't literally do anything before 8 p.m. Well, that's kind of late for a family to start cooking dinner. So you're going to have to develop tactics and strategies around that. So... Robert, we're trying to get APS on. They have agreed to come on. We're just trying to find a date that works for everybody, and hopefully it'll be sooner rather than later. 
and uh, we'll hear their side of the story. With with the aggravation that your rate's going to probably go up, uh, just know this, that we pay a very affordable rate for our electricity. I, with the father of supercooling, Mr. Steve Kep, just taught you all ways to buy it for 30, 40, 50, and 60% discount that we're probably going to lose that opportunity to do as well. I think I think we'll still have something in the neighborhood of about a 20% savings, but it isn't going to be near like it was in, shall we say, the good old days. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, you're tuned in to Rosie on the House. Before we get back to the phone calls, I did want to congratulate one of our Rosie on the House partners. West Coast Roofing down in Tucson celebrated their 10th anniversary recently. They had a little party down there in Tucson. So I'd like to give them a little shout-out. Congratulations for all your success the last 10 years. And we think, and, and, and we're going to triple-check this, but Cindy McDaniels is the only female licensed roofer in the state of Arizona. At West Coast Roofing in Tucson. Nice claim to so, fame, huh? Yes. So, sorry we were unable to get there for the party. We were uh, finishing traveling for a trip where we'd been out on the East Coast in Washington, D.C. So, congratulations, Miss Cindy. All right. Let's see if we can get to Miss Christine real quick, who's called in with a solar panel question. And y'all heard me just finish my little presentation about supercooling and the APS rate increase. I will tell you this. The new rates that are going to come in in May, I also predict, I predicted what they were going to do to your power bill. I also predict they are going to be a huge boom to the solar industry. Good morning, Christine. How can we help you this morning? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I I am military retired, moved here from Georgia, bought a house August 2006, or excuse me, closed June 2016, and I had solar panels installed August 2016. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm really new to this because electricity in Georgia is totally different than here. Uh, you, I mean, way different. So um, anyway, it, it, in the way they explained it to me basically was that um, if I didn't have solar panels, I'm sending my money to the utility company. And when I go solar, I'm investing money, you know, that I would have sent in mm-hmm. into my home in my solar system. But it just seems like, I'm not really seeing a lot of the benefits in here, and I'm going on year two where I've had these panels. Well, August will be the second year, and I've still, I mean, I've had a couple of months where I've had lower bills, but basically my bills are like 148, 193, 175, you know, and I'm very, very careful about my electricity. I do have a pool, and I made sure that APS had me on the correct plan. So I'm just not understanding why my bills are so high. I, 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 I've called Sun Solar, I've called APS, um, but they're not really <laughs> they're not really giving me an answer why. Um, okay. You know, what's this, going on? The, the, so um, we we didn't use a Rosie certified solar installer. Is that correct? There's only two Harmon uh, Solar. Probably I don't know. I actually just found out about your program. Uh, maybe a few months ago, being new to you know new to here to Arizona, I'm still learning all the ins and outs. But I don't know if they're. Uh, can I say the name of the company? 
Sure. Sun Solar. So I don't know if they're Rosie okay. certified. And they're and they're not they're not sending an an analyst out there to help you, right? No, no. Okay. They haven't sent anyone. They just they they go to in their within their office. Apparently, they're able to you know review something right. through yeah. you know. And I, I'm just not satisfied with that. Um, okay. Well, I here's say, what we're think, here's what we're gonna do as okay. as Military retired, new to Arizona. I'm going to ring you Monday morning. I have your phone number. Okay. We're going okay. to we're going to visit and we're going to talk about your the details of your power consumption. You're going to give me access so I can go online and look at your power bill, and okay. we're going to visit. We're going to visit through it step by step and see why we can't figure out why that bill isn't where it should be. Okay. Okay. Yes. It, it does take a little bit of a detail, and I've got to see your power bill. And I don't want you giving your social security number, address, or account number out over the air. <laughs> okay? Gotcha. Yes, sir. All right. Christine, I'll talk to you on Monday morning. We've got to do a little staycation thing here real quick. Yeah? I mean, really quick. Okay, quick. So, we had a couple. We had some winners. Miss Mary and her husband. Ran up to Flagstaff yes, last week. and we had them a package. They were able to go to Sanderson Ford, pick up the Ford vehicle of their choice. Yep. Run up to Flagstaff, stay at the Little America Hotel. On 500 acres of pine. You can walk all around there in beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous decorated rooms. Gave them a family pass to Lowell Observatory to get up there and do some stargazing. All nice and dark up there. Satchmos. They could go in there and have them a barbecue or a jambalaya, po' boy, catfish, sandwiches. Mm. With a $250 gift card to Babbitt's Backcountry Outdoor Store where you can rent equipment, you can buy equipment, you can take classes on how to enjoy the Arizona outdoors. And a basket from Cactus Candy. All kinds of good prickly pear goodies in there. Had it all bundled up. Plus $250 for gas and extras. And and, Now that's a staycation. So we bundled all that and they just returned home and... uh, Reports are it was fabulous. They had them on time. If you'd like to win an Arizona staycation, go to rosyonthehouse.com, register to win, and you'll be actually applying to win the staycation to Sierra Vista, Arizona. And that's one of my secret little corners of the world. I'll be able to share with you great things to do, great things to see, and where to go.